you for listening to this message from the North Gate. As we continue to fill this house with oil. And so in that, we all know that B and his children have been through a lot over the last year. But to watch how you have responded and watch you and your kids in here praying and going after God and watching your heart of honor begin to grow towards me and my family in such a big way. All I can say, son, is I'm super proud of you. And I know you have preached some amazing sermons lately to the youth the kids have told me. But I know that you're a voice for this region. And I know when Eddie sent you here and Apostle Damon prophesied over you that when you took the coaching job at Brush High School, you're right where you're supposed to be. And there is a harvest for you to reap in this 40-mile radius, Brandon Boyette. And I see your heart. I see your passion. But more than anything, I honor, and hear me in this house, I honor the authenticity of this man. And I believe we stand here tonight as a turning of the page and a phase two for you. I prophesied over to you that the first half of your walk with the Lord was all about you telling your story and your testimony. But there's more in you than that story and that testimony. That was just the launch pad that gets you to where you're going. That story is going to get you in schools in this 40 mile radius. But it's the word of the Lord on your heart and on your tongue that's going to call a generation to the love of God. This man is an evangelist and he has the mantle on his life. There's some people that are just marked by God and called to do certain things. Listen, no matter who they are, no matter what you think, God has marked them. And He's one of them. And may all the prophecies over the last 15 years of your life, 16 years, may this truly be an announcement for a generation in the kingdom of God. Come on, will you honor evangelist and son, Brandon Boyette, as he comes to give us the word tonight. And I say this, be you. You hear me, Northgate? We don't want anything but Brandon. You are marked. You are called. You are anointed. You have the word of the Lord. And you're to be nobody else but you. And all the pain, all the suffering, all the highs, all the lows has led you to the greatest part of your life that you haven't even stepped into yet. And it's right now. That's why the Lord had to put you at a north gate because it's a gate that you're walking through. And the other side, the other side is something new. It's something new. This family loves you. This is your family. This is your home. We love your children and we love you. Come on, will you honor Brandon? guys don't know what this family means to me. I mean, a lot of people say that I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, and I'm with you. But they ride or die, no matter what. Good, the bad, the ugly. And you don't know a person's. You can't trust nobody until you've been through it with somebody. 
And I learned that I can trust you too. No matter what happens, I can trust you too. And I can call you guys, my mom and dad. It takes a lot for that. There's only a few, not even that, that I consider that in my life. So I honor you guys for everything, for what you guys mean to me and my kids. And we love you guys. And I thank you. I love you guys too. Um, just to let you know I haven't done this in a while. I forgot to give Kevin the scriptures. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I've been um I don't know, ever since ever since New Year's. I mean, it, honestly, it was before New Year's. It was already gripping me. I had, you know, sometimes God allow you to go things and God allows you to mess up for you to call him again. You know what I mean? I had, you know, I've blown it. I'm the, listen, I am the heavyweight champ of screwing it up. I got the WBO, the IBF, the WWE. I I got all the titles. If anybody has blown it, it's been me. More and more and more and more. But in that, I keep finding his mercy more and more. And his grace more and more. Every single time. And but before, before that, man, it was it was before New Year's. I'm going through, you know, I'm going through my stuff. You know, and God is just gripping me. Everything, I mean, it, 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 it could be a commercial on TV. It could be something that happened at, at a, a school. It could be something like, like coaching football, whatever. God, would, for some reason, he would just wake at me and saying, son, I'm right here with you. I'm still with you. And I, uh, I go to New Year's, you know, I go to Mobile with New Year's. And... I was sitting there, an apostle, man, he, he, he's talking to the youth, and he's, he, he gives everybody these rulers. And one of the biggest things for me that, that, that I couldn't stand was a thing that I would say, I can't stand the standard, and I would just say, I don't like the standard. I hate the standard. And the reason why I would hate the standard, because I knew I could never measure up to that standard. And in the moment that apostle says, take those rulers and break them, Listen, it broke something off of me. I don't have to worry about measuring up no more. I don't have to worry about what you think, what you think, what you think, what you think, what anybody thinks about me. I don't care because I know how he thinks about me now. I know what the Father thinks of my life, thinks about who I am, thinks about my heart, thinks about my desires. I know what he thinks about my kids. I don't care what nobody thinks because I don't have to measure up no more. You got to hear me, man. That's the biggest thing that's been, on, that's been my biggest downfall. My whole 15 years of walking this journey with Christ. And it's that I didn't think that I could measure up. The things that I have done in my life, the things that I have, the things that I regretted before EJM, after EJM, before Ohio, after Ohio. I'm telling you, man. I didn't think that I could measure up and it didn't matter how many it just feel like every step I took, I would take 20 steps back, and it was like I could never get to the line. And as soon as I get to the line, boom. I would do something in my life because I didn't feel like that I was worthy enough. And so the moment that every time I feel like I'm finally at this point, I would blow it. Because I didn't think I was good enough for it. And that's the truth, man. That's the truth. But man, I'm telling you, there's been something in my heart, man, that's been gripping me. I mean, ever since New Year's, we break the the ruler, the youth, and it's just like, let's go. I don't have to worry about that no more. I'm I'm learning that I can be as loved and as loved in the same love that Eddie James showed me. It's the same love 
Pops and moms showed me. I can't lose. Better hit it. I can't lose. I can't. I don't have to worry about it no more. I cannot lose. I cannot fail. And the moment that I do, I know I got arms that is holding me for my trust fall. Like I said, you can't trust nobody until you've been through somebody. Until you've been with with somebody, you can't trust them. And the moment that I know it, I can trust. I remember Eddie. I remember Eddie, when I, as all these years, Eddie, why'd you give up on me? How come you never gave up on me? How come you never gave up on me? And he would say the statement, because if I would give up on you, I would give you the false identity of who the real father is. All these years, if I would give up on you, I would give you the false identity of who the real father is. Fast forward that like eight years later. And it's the same word. That if I give up on you, I give you the false identity of who the real father is. Because God will always put a father in your life that will always catch your fall. Whew. So I'm telling you, man, it's, 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 it's been gripping me and, 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 and seeing what's going on, you know, I, uh, uh, seeing what's happening with the kids, man. Listen, I'm a kid. I'm the biggest kid up in here. I'm telling you, don't tempt me with a good time with the kids, man. I love it. And when I see the, and, and, and the moment I started seeing the kids in Mobile, oh, shh. oh, you ain't leaving me behind. You ain't leaving me behind. I'm jumping right there with you. Don't tempt me with a good time, kids. I'm ready. I was born for this. I was born to run with the kids. I was born to run with the youth. I was born for it. And when I see these kids, I see their passion and I see their hunger. Oh, man. Oh, it provokes you. It provokes you. It provokes you. And, 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 and I see what's been going on with, with, with the Asbury and, you know, all that's great. But when I see what's going on with my daughter and I see what's going on with my son, and I see what's going on with Cuddy. And I see what's going on with Layla. I see what's going on with Chloe and Alexis and Skyler. I see what's going on in Caleb. That stuff provokes me that I can have the same fire as anything. It provokes me. I'm telling you, man. And, 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 and this is what I'm talking about. I'm praying to God, God, what do you want me to say? God, this and this. And God was like, dude. Just tell them about your hunger. Tell them about your hunger. And man, they're just, they're just they're, you know, I was telling Poppy that B-dubs last week. And I would just tell them the things that's just been stirring me. Stirring me. I've been, I've, I've, I've been uh, listening to this guy. His old servant. I remember Eddie used to play him back in the day, all the God generals. And it was a guy named John G. Lake. Listen, if you don't know him, look him up. But this cat, man, this cat was a businessman. He was a title, he, he, he did a title insurance uh, thingy. He made 50000 a year in 1900s, which is like a million, a millionaire in today's day. Right? This cat would, and here's another thing about this cat. This cat didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was. But this cat was moving in a healing Moving and healing. Didn't know what it was, but just know that this person got healed. This person got healed. Started believing in his family for this person to get healed. On the phone, breaking $20,000 deals, and at the same time, ministering to the person that he's breaking the deal with. Kingdom builder. This cat, the the company tells the cat, they said, you know what? I want you to, to, to take three months off and go preach. Get that preaching stuff out of you. But we want you for this company. He leaves, goes, travels, preaching for three months, go back to the company, say, I don't want to do this no more, goes to Africa, and, 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 and has a big revival thing in Africa, comes back to the United States, and then and, 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 and Spokeke, I probably pronounced that city wrong, Spokane, Washington, started having these healing tents, these healing houses, 
and people started getting healed to the point to where it was in the newspaper that Spokane, Washington was the healthiest, the, the healthiest city in the nation. In the nation. And the man didn't even speak in tongues. True. The man didn't even speak in tongues. The only thing he did was had hunger. 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 I've seen it happen in Africa. It can happen here in America. The man was on fire for God was even out the Holy Ghost. So he wrote a sermon. He wrote a sermon called Spiritual Hunger. This man said through all the healings, through all the miracles, through everything that I had, I have done and I have seen, the best gift that I can give anybody is spiritual hunger. Whew. I'm telling you, I read that thing. I listened to it. And the man would say phrases like, a nation, a nation, as long as they give people food in their belly, they can control who they are. But the moment you take food away from a man, you see the animal come out of them. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Man. I'm telling you, there's a desperation cry, man. I can't tell you what desperation means in Google. But I can tell you what desperation means through experience from when I was a kid, when I was no bigger than Caleb, and we had no food, no money, and I remember us having to eat, me and my sister having to eat out of trash cans. That's desperation. Have you ever been so desperate that you're so hungry that the things you're eating, you're throwing up, but you're so hungry you keep eating it anyway, even though there's mold on it? You're hungry. Have you ever been that hungry before? Have you ever been that hungry before? I'm telling you, man. We had nothing. And the things that we did have got sold off. Have you ever been so hungry to where you were going to the meat market and you would steal food? Banging on doors for the restaurants and they would give you food outside. And we just had before the scraps, me and my sister. Have you ever been that hungry? Have you ever been that desperate? Oh, man. I'm telling you, man, there's a cry. There's a cry. And I'm telling you, it's the moment. It's the moment in those moments where you realize that, 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 that you got no food. I mean, look what happened when coronavirus came. Oh, we ain't got no toilet paper. People went wild for toilet paper. Desperate and thirsty for freaking toilet paper, for cotton nail or freaking angel soft. Because nobody wants the paper stuff. And the ones that did, they were stealing it through the porta potties. That's real. That's real. I'd ready. I'd ready to start a whole another business. <laughs> three for five. Three for five. But no, what happened when coronavirus hit? People were so desperate for. I mean, you started seeing people fighting in 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 in, in the stores. Like like, dude, it was a, it was chaos through all the world. Why? As soon as we take something away from you, the animal of a man comes out. Right? Right? But the moment that we can keep you happy and keep you satisfied, we can tame you. Look at the lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. It's the only animals I really know. Cheetahs and whatever. Leopards. Only what I can think of, anyways, kids. That's, that's like my top five, my big five. But you, but you check those animals out. You put them in the cage environment, and you start putting them on a feeding cycle for what's what's in them, for what what they were born and made for. They become tamed and controlled 
By what? Food in their belly on time. They don't got to go look for it no more. They don't, they don't got to go hunt no more. They don't got to survive no more. Everything's been handed to them, right? So what happens? They, 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 they get in a controlled environment. They become, they, 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 they become dependent, uh, dependent on a food cycle three, three times a day, right? Just like us, three, you know, most of us, three times a day. You know, on the food cycle, just like people that get put in the penitentiary, you get caught in the cage and you're on a food cycle. Three meals a day at the same time, showers at the same time, you get put into this routine so we can intuitionalize into the environment that you're in so you never think that that, so the only thing, and we'll strip away your name, we'll give you numbers on your chest to where the only thing that you can think of who you are is by that number that you're called by. Same as an animal. They will strip you. They put them on a food cycle to the point that instead of them being wild like they were created to be, they're purring on their backs comfortable. You take, a, you take an elephant, as big as an elephant is, right? Big as an elephant. And, 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 and those people control the elephant with a little stick, Right? The little stick. Why? Because they take an elephant when it's young, tie him to a thing, and the only thing that the elephant can think of or know of is the abuse from the stick, right? Controls a big, massive animal, but cages it up to a little stick. Becomes domesticated. Who's seen the Rocky movie? We, we were talking about the Rocky movie. Listen, if you, if, you don't, if you ain't seen a Rocky movie, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't from America. Matter of fact, if, to get your citizenship in America, you got you to gotta watch the Rocky movies. You ain't watched the Rocky movies. You should you, exit, cut your visa up. Like, 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 yo, cut your citizenship up. You ain't watched the Rocky movie. For real. Bars. Mic drop, kid, right? Bars. Hot rewind it back. <laughs> Slow it down, bars. Battle rap. Nobody knows anything about battle rap. It's Ohio. Street Spurl. Nobody knows nothing about battle rap. So for Armin, so for Armin, me and Armin used to watch the uh uh me and Armin used to watch Flawless, right? Arsenal. <laughs> we weren't supposed to watch that in each other, but we did. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, man. In Rocky movies. Rocky movies. So, you take Rocky, right? Cat was a shoot. The cat straight up was an enforcer for the mob. Had nothing to lose. Jacking dudes up, fighting whoever. Didn't care. The moment he had an opportunity, fight for the heavyweight champ. Boom. Let's do it. Eye of the tiger, right? Dun, 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 dun. Eye of the tiger. Don't, don't remember. He got the whole world up in his hands. Hey, shoot! I'm about, about busting right now. Shoot! Ultimate call right here, baby. But the cat, I the tiger, right? Got nothing to lose. Fights Apollo, loses. Gets another opportunity. Fights the cat again, and wins it. Right? I mean, I mean, and and and. and you see him through the training. I mean, he going through the blood, sweat, and tears. He going to the gym where it's like, I mean, it, it, it's what fighters are made of, right? Rocky three hits. Next thing they know, the cast the newspapers, right? In the newspapers, he's 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 you know, he 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 has it all. He's fighting these bombs, and 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 all of a sudden he's getting ready to retire, and all of a sudden you see this cat Clover Lang like. Yo, I pity you, fool, I pity you, you know what I mean? Like, like, I want you, I want you, you a paper champ. You a paper champ, right? Start disrespecting his wife. Well, then Rocky, like, I'm ready to fight, let's go. And Mickey, like, no, 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 no. 
And so him and Mickey goes into the back, and he's like, Mickey, why won't you let me fight this guy? Because, and he says this. He said, because you became what every, you, you became what every worst fighter dreams of not becoming. Domesticated. Domesticated. Right? See, here's the thing. And, 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 and this is us. Whew. Whenever I need a breakthrough, whenever I need a breakthrough, whenever I first come into, to, you know, and, and I, I need to find God and all of a sudden, you know, I, I remember, I remember what it was like when I, when, I, when I first wanted to know if God was real in a little duplication room when nobody's around watching testimonies on laptops Right, watching testimonies on laptops, wondering, God, if you're real, why won't you come to me? Right, get so listen. My, I get so angry. I brace Eddie Duplication's laptop. I'm so angry. I'm cursing God out. Now I said, God, I just want to know if you're real. Right, my anger turned into a desperation cry, and then my desperation provoked an answer. And for eight hours, I was crying and weeping with an encounter of God. I was desperate for that, right? You get to the moment of your life where you're desperate for that hunger. You're desperate for that healing. You're desperate for that breakthrough. You're desperate for finances. You're desperate, you're desperate, right? And then it happens. And then it happens. And then you would think that you would stay as desperate. But what happens? God, I got what I need. I got what I need. And just like every heavyweight champ, the moment you on top for so long, all of a sudden that cry and that desperation that when you first need it and you first want it, you don't desire it no more. And that's what happens to us sometimes, guys. We get to the point to where we're Praying, 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 praying so much for the healing. All of a sudden it comes. That should be, man, that should be the point to where you already seen, like Sissy says, we seen the miracles. I seen the miracles. I seen the breakthrough. I seen, I seen, I seen. But then all of a sudden, three weeks later, your hunger, you lost your hunger. Your hunger, and well, let me rephrase that. You didn't lose your hunger. You just tamed it down. You're not as desperate as you was when you needed the healing, but now that you got the healing, okay, three weeks later, I just coast. I'll just get in cruise control, 77 in the fast lane, let everybody pass me. No, for real. Go just fast enough to not get pulled over but still slow enough to keep getting past. There's not a knock. <laughs> you go 78 now. <laughs> knock minutes off, knock minutes off. Don't disrespect the minutes. You know, and, 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 but, but you get to the point to where, you know what, it's, it's, it's like what, what, what Jesus did. You get this woman and uh, it's like Matthew 15 something, think 21 or something. He meets this woman. Well, matter of fact, this woman comes to him. This woman's desperate. This woman's desperate. This woman, this, this woman needs something. Go to Jesus. Jesus ignores the woman. What, what happens if Jesus ignores you? You don't know that because you ain't been, I don't know if you've been ignored yet. But what, what happened if Jesus ignored you? What happened if Pastor Jimmy ignored you? What would you do if Pastor Jimmy ignored you? Hurt your feelings? Get offended? Leave the church? But this woman goes to the disciples, right? Goes to the sons. Sons are like, get this freaking woman out of here, Jesus. Tell Pastor Jimmy, tell that dude he got to go. This kid is getting on my last nerves, right? I mean, my last. This dude got to bounce, right? Okay. 
She bypassed the sons and go back to the dude that dissed her, that rejected her, right? So desperate for something because I need something from him. He offends her. Calls the chick a dog. Calls the girl a dog, right? Calls her a dog. If it was 2023, it would have been the beep. Shoot, we was up in Cleveland. I said the real thing. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. But listen, this is her. Calls her a dog. And then all of a sudden, she still keeps going. And he and, and it's something, something, something about crumbs on the table, feed my children, give you crumbs, uh, you want me to give uh my my my, my food, like feeding to my pets or whatever, right? And, she, and then all of a sudden the girl flips it back on him. But even the puppy eats crumbs from the master's table. And here's the thing about her. See, Jesus was saying, hey, I'm not called to you. I'm called to the lost sheep, which was Israel. I'm not called to you. And they, if, if you look it up, the, anything that was outside of a Jew was what they called a wild one. Slash dog is what they is what they considered anything outside of a Jew. I'm not called to you. You're not my lost sheep. But the wild one did not care and went beyond because she was wild and not tame, and she knew what was on the man's life and said, "I got to heaven because I seen it and I heard that you could do it." Hear that? She's desperate. She's desperate. She's wild. She don't care what you think. And she knows, all I know, God, is I need you. And in that, her passion, see, when you're hungry, when you're hungry, when you're hungry, you don't get offended. When you're hungry, you don't get offended what happens. And people will leave the church. People will do this. People will do that. But the point at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you took your eyes off of God and started putting your eyes on people. And that's why you're offended. Better feel that. Because when you're hungry, you're not offended. Matter of fact, when you're hungry, your offense turned into intercession. What did a woman do? The woman started interceding. Better feel that. Next time you get offended, you better turn your hunger to God and start interceding. And not leave the church and punk out. Telling you, you don't think I could let the church? You don't think I could have left the church? No, I ain't no punk. I ain't no sucker. I ain't going to talk behind the man behind his back. I'll go to his face. Because I'm not a sucker. Like Booker T, can you dig it? Sucker. (laughs) If I could do the dance, I would do it right here. Toby at when you need him. No, for real though. For real though. Why? Why you get offended? Because you lost your hunger. You got what you needed. You got the breakthrough. You got the service you wanted. The Holy Spirit came. You had a drag out thing. The moment the fence come, you want to leave. You ain't hungry for God. You're hungry for what he can give you. But you ain't hungry for him. You just want to receive what he can give. But you ain't hungry for him. You just want to receive. Because if you if you was hungry for him, after you would see, you would press more. But you want to hold back after you receive, 
instead of going beyond because you just want to go to the line. It's, it's like this. It's like being in a. It's like being in a pool. You just want to go just to the just just to where I can just get my head over, above the water. Don't want to go into the deep end, but you want to go just far enough to the line. To right where I'm, I can still, my feet still touch. I still got control, right? I, I, I can still breathe, but, but, but I'm scared to lose control into the deep to where I can't, I can't do nothing but depend, right? You got to depend on something. Your legs, your arms. You got to depend, you got to, you got to depend on, 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 on you not drowning, you got to pin that God is with you, right, kids? I don't know about you guys. When I learned how to swim, I got thrown into the, the ocean. Swim or die or get eaten. For real. Hang on, I'm about to wrap this thing up. But listen. We get to the point to where I'm telling you in the Bible, Matthew 5, in the Bible it says, blessed are the ones that, 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 that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the ones that mourn for they will be comforted. And man, I'm telling you, if you need all the Greek words for what all of it means, that's Mike Manichio. Pastor, Thompson, I ain't got it. But what I believe Jesus was talking about when he was like mourning. Blessed are the ones that mourn. And they would be comforted. I was telling Pastor that Buffalo Wild Wings. I believe what he was telling the people. It's not mourning like you're grieving of a lost one. But mourning is, mourning is the difference of what you were made of Right, what, what God had made you of and where you're currently at and in between is this gap. There's a gap and I believe in that gap is where mourning comes from. It's a, a mourning, it's a groan. Romans 8, 26 through 28. It talks about how the Holy Spirit super intercedes. Remember, kids? He super intercedes. That means he hyperly moaning, groaning to the Father of Jesus for us, right? And that gap is our mourning for more hunger for him. <sighs> for where you was born to be to where you're currently at to become one. And out of that one comes the morning, comes the hunger, saying, God, I just want you. Yes. But to do that, you got to humble yourself. Yes. You got to be humbled. What's the humbled man? Humble man ain't the quiet dude in the back. That's not the humbled man. The humbled man is Jesus. Knowing that I can do whatever thing, knowing that I can come off this cross. The humble man, I can come off this cross, but yet I'm going to take it. And I'm going to humble myself to the Father. That's true humility. But it takes a humble man. It takes a humble man to cry out to God. It takes a whole man to cry out, God, just because you want to cry out. Are you humbled? Oh, man. Matter of fact, I'll take it one better. See, when you're hungry for something, you get something to eat and you're good, right? Let me go back to desperation. Have you ever starved to death? Have you ever starved? 
what's starving? What's the difference between hunger and starving? It's hunger once you eat, you're good. But when you're starving, it's once you ate, you're still not satisfied. Are you starving for Abba? Are you starving for everything he has? Or are you just comfortable with where you're at? I'm telling you, Abba wants to take us deeper. Kids, he wants to take us deeper. But he's waiting for us to start starving. How bad do you want him? How bad do you want God? How bad do you want everything that he intended for you? How bad do you want to be the full design of what you were created for? How bad do you want it? I'm telling you. I'm telling you I want it so bad that my sleep's been getting messed up. I ain't been going to bed to probably about one or two and for weeks straight I've been waking up at 4.44 every day. That's why my Passover was what it was in both things, 4.44 because what does 4.40 more mean? It means more love and wholeness. I'm tired of going just to the line. I need more of God. Not just because I need something, but just because he's good. Just because he's good. He's so good that he went after the one. He's so good. He's so good that he healed Trent. He's so good, he healed his wife. He's so good, he done all these miracles. Isn't he still good? How desperate are you for him? I'm telling you, there's a groan inside. Not, not just to do the minimum, but there's a groan, a desperate groan for more than he's trying to awaken in you. From the inner midst of your soul, the same groan that you would cry for when you needed the healing. The same groan you cry for for your sons. The same groan. The Holy Spirit does, does it for you. I came tonight to tell you your groan back for him only just because it's a Friday just because it's good Friday because let me tell you something will you believe it or not that the same the same hunger and the, matter of fact not the hunger the same starvation that Yahweh has for you, the same starvation that Yahweh has for you, is he'll get up on that cross and he'll tell a thief to come with him. He'll tell the one to come on. I'll take you too, even though you don't know me, I'll take you too because I'm starving for you. He's starving for devotion with you. He's starving for your time. 
He's not starving for your minimum. He's starving for your maximum. He's starving for you, kids. I love all the words. All the words that's been in the city. All the words that's been in my life. All the words that you've been spoken of too that been that you heard. Oh, that's great. But at the end of the day, if he don't have you, it means nothing. You want to see the words come to pass? Well, quit worrying about them and start focusing on him. Because he wants your heart. He's starving for relationship. Not the minimum. The maximum. Elijah. They say Elijah was a man like us. A natural man. A man that wanted to kill himself. Yeah, that Elijah. But his prayer life. His prayer life with the relationship with the Father. Shift the whole nation. His prayer life with the Father. Close up the heavens. And then his prayer ship with the Father, the relationship with the Father, open up the heavens and let it rain. Let it rain again. That's the relationship he wants with you. You got to be perfect. That's what I'm learning. It's not a perfect one. But it's the one that you desire all of me because I first desired all of you. I gave my son on Good Friday for all of you, for all humanity. I love what Apostle says. We weren't born to love God because when you're born to do that, it puts pressure on you. And and before you begin to love him, you wouldn't understand how much you were loved first. What he told the kids. If you heard the podcast, you heard it. And if it was something that rocked me, it would have rocked you the same. He first loved me. He first desired me. And everything, why? It's just an action. You got the healing. You've seen the miracles. You've seen it. Something that I tell the football players that brush. I've been been saying this to him lately for the past three weeks now. I've been saying this, so what? Now what? So what you made a play? Now what? So what you you made a bad play? Now what? I tell my daughter, so what you missed the ball? Now what? So what you struck out? Now what? So what you hit a home run? Now what? So what? Now what? You've seen the miracles. You've seen them with your eyes. So what? Now what? Now what? I'm I'm done. I'm telling you. Boss, you can take whatever. But I'm telling you, there's a groan. There's a desperation cry that God wants. He wants out of you. It's a desperation. Not because he need anything from you. Not because he needs you to do something. Not because he needs you to, to preach or sing or do anything in the city. All that will come. But he just wants you, Trent. He just wants you, Pops. Papa Savage, Papa Savage, Mama, Papa, he just wants you. He just wants you. He's going to get your kids. He's going to get Brent. He's going to get all of them. He just wants more of you. Not your gift. Not what you can do. 
not what you're going to do for the region. He just wants more of your heart. Kids, not what you can give them. There's no pressure for the stadium. He just wants your heart. He wants your absolute desperate heart for him. Because that's how he is for you. He's starving for attention. He's starving for attention. Kids, you remember what I told you about the the Simba thing? But how the hyenas is coming at Simba and he's like, rare. Rare. The voice is saying, oh, you ain't got to go that, you ain't got to go that extreme. The mocking voice of Ishmael, the hyenas, Simba goes, rare. And it seems like they're never running away. Seems like they're never running away. The voice of Satan not good enough, but they're still there. The voice in your head is saying, I don't have to wake up and pray at three in the morning or five in the morning. And you hear that voice and all of a sudden it's you're trying to you're trying to like push back. And then all of a sudden, when everything about when you hear that voice saying you're not gonna be able to carry, and you're like carry another baby, and then your voice you're like you're like, but that mocking voice still coming. And then all of a sudden, Simba gets back and out of. Simba sits back and out of a, a, a war as loud as he can. All of a sudden, he wars, but instead of a rare, there's a ah! the war of the fathers behind you. The war of the father. It's the war of Abba. Abba's coming after you. He's coming after those voices. He's saying, I got you. Stand on your feet. He's saying, I got you. I just want you though. Abba, I pray, Abba. Open up the ground of desperation for you. Awaken the ground, God. Awaken the ground of us, God. God, we we desperately need you, God, just because we want more of you, God. God, I need you, God. I need you, God. I need more. God, awaken the crowd for more of you. Just because we just want more of you, God. Ah! 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 God, the sound of a generation desperately crying for you, God. Something happened here Valentine's Day when a generation gathered in this church and began to pray for hours. I know for me and Brandon in a private conversation, traveling the nation and doing conferences and everything we were doing for the youth, we looked at each other and we said, we, we know what it takes. 
this isn't about striving. If you heard striving in this message tonight, that's not what was being preached. It's a father that many of you've watched from afar go through hell the last year. And I'll tell this to everybody in this room, more hell than what you know. You only saw maybe some small marriage problems. But I watched him go through the dark night of the soul privately. And he had a choice. You heard a message tonight of this. He could have ran away from God, but instead he ran towards God. And I'm telling you, there's people in this room, you need to check your heart. If you don't think God can redeem that man, because I'll say it like this arrogantly and stomp on your foot. How dare you want God to redeem somebody in your family, but if God can't redeem somebody in front of you? That's actually in the family. That's actually trying to live a lifestyle that we've been presented by an apostle. You need to run to the altar. Because he just said it, when Christ died for all, he died for all. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to really get you right here. You ready? I wanted to read this story not because I want to be biblically backed in what Brandon was preaching. I wanted some context for a second. And when I began to look at it, it says that the woman ran to Jesus and said, I need you. This is why she said, I need you. My daughter is demon-possessed and is suffering. The woman could recognize that the daughter was not acting the way that she should be acting. Now watch this. I always believe that it was God's intent to set her free and heal her the whole time. So what we did in this room was we prayed for our family members. Now watch this. It's God's intent to go after your family members. But what God wanted to deal with in the moment was not the daughter that was demon-possessed. God wanted to deal with the mom. Because somewhere in her story when she needed God, she ran away from rather than to. And so he wanted to see, is this time, I'm not going to give you what you want right now because I want to deal with you. And so in this room, there's many of us that cried out and it was right and just for us to cry out for our family members. But what more is it for God to give us something if we're not willing to give our all to Him? And that's what He wanted to see with that woman. So it, there may be things in your life, we're getting prepared for something. So I'm asking you to examine your heart tonight. Is there anything that could pull you back to what I've been saying a lot lately and it's called normal? Normal, everyday, average living, that's what he was preaching tonight. God invites you to moments and don't let them be moments because it's actually lifestyle. normal living would have been that woman getting offended, going back living in her daughter's torment and suffer but God called her God called her deeper sometimes things rub you the wrong way because God just wants to see where your heart is so that he can do what? pull you into deeper love, deeper communion deeper forgiveness because Brandon said it, that man walked through hell and me and Tina loved him. And we loved his wife the same. And we've loved you the same. Because I won't choose sides in here because God doesn't. God doesn't. So I'm asking you in this moment, this is what I, I felt. There's some that have responded to this altar call. And this is what I say to you. Don't ever lose your passion. 
If you were more passionate when we sung Come to the Cross in the gym, then this is definitely your altar call tonight. Because we're way far behind anything that was in that gym. There ain't no way I would give him more in that gym than what I give him now. There's no way I'd give him more there than here. But the next part we have to begin to look at is how many of us in this room prayed tonight and we felt the Spirit of the Lord earlier for children, for family members, for sons, for daughters. How many of you sometimes hear that voice? That's never going to happen. I'm saying let's drown the voice out tonight. I'm saying let's drown the voice out. Let's drown the voice out, Curtis, that now your family's never going to come into this. That's not the word. Let's drown the voice about Tig and Braden and PJ. So I want us to do this. It's said in that scripture text that when the woman didn't get her answer right away, she just went ahead and knelt down. I know it's a bit much for some of you to kneel down. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to grab your family by the hand. I want all of us to come. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Beat. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.